All right, Joey Saldana, the Brownsburg Bullet, which we never discussed this entire time. <laughs> uh, owner of crowns. Owner, yeah, uh, owner of two crowns and two. Do you keep the scepters? No. Oh, okay. Us. Two two crowns, two robes. Yeah. And part-time Australia. Uh, if you could describe this kind of lunch we had in one word, what would it be? Hungry. I didn't get to eat. But not, but you, not like, you. You don't by eat, choice. You don't eat lunch. By choice. You I know, but I'm sitting here the whole time, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I could eat. This queso is Especially amazing. Especially after These uh, are delicious working chips. out. There's some protein yeah. here. So, yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. We're solid. I'm glad a dirt track guy got on your show. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley alongside my co-host. Uh, I am Sean Heckman, and that is a grass fire to our left. We are driving through Kentucky right now, headed south back to Atlanta to my house, and we are leaving Indianapolis after about seven-day trip up there, about 1,500 miles on this one. And uh, if you're used to the way we used to do things with the long trip, well, we're kind of shortening that up, and the idea being that we'll do multiple throughout the year. So just did seven days in Indy. Maybe we'll do seven days in Daytona later in the year. Anyways, we got to go to Brownsburg, Indiana, and meet up with none other than His Majesty, Joey Saldana. Mr. Joseph Saldana. So Joey Saldana has been a longtime staple of the World of Outlaws scene, dirt racer, Indiana boy, second generation racer. His dad, Lil Joe Saldana, who won the Knoxville Nats back in 1970, as well as qualified and raced in the Indy 500, and uh, is a known name all around the world. In fact, when we sat down with Sam Schmidt, he knew Lil Joe Saldana. So Joey comes into the world as a uh, born racer, gets into it pretty early on and went on to win over 100 World of Outlaw races. Yeah, just to sort of spell out some of the stats on Joey Saldana, he has over 100 wins in the World of Outlaws, six on the all-time list, two-time winner of the King's Royal, which is sort of one of the big dogs in, in the uh, dirt racing world, uh, drove in Australia and New Zealand for several years, has 22 career wins there, and is just generally one of the highest regarded dirt racers out there. Yeah, Joey couldn't have been cooler because he didn't know us at all. We reached out to our good friend Justin Marks and said, hey, we'd really love to sit down with him. Do you know him? He hooked us up. And sure enough, he showed up, had lunch with us, and uh, couldn't have been more open and willing to explain dirt racing to a couple of sports car guys who don't know a lot about it but obviously love it. We got to see him race at Eldora earlier in the week, but we were still kind of asking ourselves questions that we weren't sure about, and he was really open and able to help us with that stuff. So... Some of the things you're going to learn about. Like Ryan said, you're going to learn about the basics of sprint racing. You're going to learn about World of Outlaws entry fees. Uh, you're going to learn about the weight limits <clears throat> that used to be in place. <laughs> How amazing a podium celebration can be. We learned that he also knew Tear Bear Trammel. <laughs> and he is a king. A king. Yeah, he got a crown and everything. He is a two-time His Majesty. He is a two-time His Majesty. That's right. So... 
All right, so we went out uh, once again to Brownsburg, Indiana, where uh, we went to Tequila Sunrise, which was a fun little Mexican place in a shopping plaza. Yeah, funny enough, it was about three doors down from uh, the Boulder Creek place. We went with the old Terror Bear the night before. And uh, something we learned as we sat down and didn't really talk about in the episode is uh, Joey doesn't really eat lunch. Uh, but we sure do. Yeah, we ate a lot of cheese dip. So uh, <laughs> what did you have, Ryan? I had the chicken and rice plate. It was amazing. And uh, I had a specially made chicken sandwich. You did. They whipped on up for you. Yeah. Right there on the spot. And uh, once again, we would not have been able to make that drive out to Brownsburg if we didn't have a very awesome car in uh, what what form? My 2017 Acura MDX. And, uh, of course, we wanted to be there safely. We wanted to be there with good fuel mileage. We wanted to be there with all the rain and sunshine and mixed conditions that were endemic to the area. And uh, that came through a certain tire. That would be the uh, Continental Tire? That would be the Continental Tire, but I don't think that's what the fans want. What do the fans want, Sean? They want a loud and exuberant voice that's not mine. Continental Tire! Cross Contact LX Sport. (laughs) Sport or 20, whichever one fits your vehicle. Hey, they got all sorts of tires, so get out there and uh, go buy some. Joey Saldana. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. How are you? Good. Throw that thing on. We'll waste no time. Yeah, we'll get right into it. How's it going? Good. Can you hear us? Yep. All I can right. hear you. Yep. Do you have any so idea what you're in for? I have no clue. I'm curious what Justin said, if anything, other than... He just said, hey, I got some friends that have this podcast thing... Can I give him your number? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. I don't uh, care. Okay. Well, I assume you're a giant fan of Pro-Am sports car racing. <laughs> What's that? I th- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Pro-Am sports car? You're, I mean, you I have follow, an idea. You follow it religiously, I, have I assume? Idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Actually, I have a good friend, um, Jamie Coates. Okay. He was a crew chief for Max Chilton. Oh, oh last okay. Last year for yeah. Ganassi. Okay, well, right. that team kind of dissolved. Well, right. now they put him in charge of their, their uh, whatever team. What would that be? Dixon drives his car, and I think uh, Briscoe drives. Oh, it. the Ford GT. Yes, the Ford yeah. GT. Okay, yep. yeah, for sure. So, uh, so kind of. I don't know what that is to what you guys are talking it's about. It's the same, same kind of series, okay. yeah, slightly different. Because we're getting class. ready to go over to uh, France. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yep. 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 And uh, that's. I just saw him yesterday. He came to my son's baseball game, and he was telling me about how different it is. Yeah, yeah how you just cheat. way way different. Right. How you cheat. Yeah, how you cheat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll uh we'll blow your mind with some sports car terminology yeah. that as a as a dirt guy it, yeah. you're you're going to be done with sports car racing before you ever started. <laughs> and so what I want out of this is I'd love for you to kind of explain to us like we're 5-year-olds how <laughs> World of Outlaws works, the racing, the like the basic overall. Well, I mean uh, Go. <laughs> I'm not a part of it anymore. So, I mean, but I, I know I was definitely, uh, I've been a part of it for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you say uh, you're not a part of it anymore, how do you mean? Well, I mean, I don't race full time. I'm not racing all, the whole schedule. Uh, okay. Oh, no, sure. No, no, that's, that's, that's fine. We were at Eldora Saturday and you were racing. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, we were there, but I mean, <laughs> you, you weren't racing. I mean? uh, no, I was racing. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Pretend yeah, I wasn't yeah. A full time team. Right. Sure, uh, sure, sure. With the budget to compete at yeah. that level, mm-hmm. yeah. night in and night out. That yeah. uh, obviously. Um, uh, I haven't done it in two years, but I have been a part of the Outlaws full time for yeah. 18 years. So, right. And I've definitely seen a huge transition. Right. Sure. From good and bad. So if you're Joe, sports car racing fan, and you've never seen a dirt car race at all, or a World of Outlaws, anything, 
Tell us about the car because it's, what, uh, 1,200 pounds? It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's 1,200 pounds. But, I mean, I think the cool part for me is I was there pre-weight rule. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so they See, can weigh so, less. Yeah. So, I mean, basically our cars, uh, they've put a rule on the over that it has to weigh a certain weight. A minute, right? right. So is that car or car and driver? Car and driver. Okay. Which a guy like myself or Jack Hoddenshield right. or, you know, uh, Rico Abreu. You're about right. to say, Rico is um, the first thing I think that. about. Yeah, uh, so. It's actually hurt us. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I think the motor builders and everybody's kind of, you know, they've, they've, Everything's kind of gone yeah. to that. Okay, you got to weigh twelve hundred pounds. Right. But back in the day, um, for instance, Mark Kinzer and myself, um, I set thirty-five fast times one season, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a weight rule, so I was right. like a thousand pounds. Jeez, the at, whole thing. At, oh yeah, ready to race. Uh, I can remember going to California wow. for the first swing, and uh, we weighed my car, and it was ten forty-seven, mm-hmm. and that was with mufflers, fuel, ready to race. Yeah. You know, if you did that now, people would laugh at you. You say, and you so know. on the bigger tracks, and a thousand-pound car yeah. thousand on pound dirt. What? Are, how, how fast are you getting at the end of some of the bigger tracks? Well, I, I uh, I'd say Volusia County down in Florida is our fastest track, yeah. and we probably. I would say you might get 150. Oh, Jeez, no, God. Right. Okay. But you got to I think we I think our cars go faster through the corner than down the straightaway. Yeah. Sure. You know, it's yeah. just the way they're built with right. wings and everything. Okay, so at one point the car could weigh as little as, as possible. As little as possible. Do they have any rules about like no carbon stuff, no Nope. No oh, rules. Oh, wow. Okay. You can do whatever oh. you want. Jesus. That's so awesome. you could make just a go-kart with wings and go yes. for it. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And honestly though, I think the weight rules actually hurt the sport. Because I owned my own car at that time, mm-hmm. yeah. and when they put the weight rule in, it basically took me took me out of an ownership. Yeah. Because you know we How's built that? our car around Joey Saldana, and we oh, were racing. I see. Okay. Now all of a sudden, oh, we're gonna have twelve hundred and fifty pound cars. Yeah. So now you I can didn't do change. Now right. you can do kind of a kit. But car now I got to put weight on my car. We yeah. blew motors up. Just. Every single night, we were blowing something up because you know now your wrist pins break and your rod bolts break. It just oh, just because the additional inertia. The whole car, right? Yeah, the whole okay. car weighs more, so there's more load on all the equipment. Right. Well, in turn, it took me out of the ownership. So okay. then I sold everything, and then I started back driving for people again. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because the effort to have to redesign a whole car you around. You have to redesign, and much, everything's yeah. got to be. You know, basically, we build our car around myself and what we were doing right. and trying to do and mm-hmm. compete at that level. Right. Well, as soon as they did that, well, it took us right out of the game. Now, you say guys like yourself or Rico, guys that are, you know, sort of on the smaller side, when that rule came out with shots, just like, yeah, first round's on me, guys. <laughs> uh, well, not, I mean, okay. at the time, probably shots was getting to that level, but right. obviously, Steve Kinzer. Yeah, but I'd yeah, say kind of right. an older, Steve bigger Kinzer, guy. You know, we're talking early 2000s. Right. You know, obviously, the bigger, the Jack Hodenshield. He yeah. didn't like that, yeah. you know. Yeah. But the bigger guys, say from, you know, 180 to 250 pounds, they loved it. You think but guys you like myself, we right. hated it. Right. Right. So you're saying over 180 is big? How dare you? How dare you? 215. I think in any sport. Let's see. I, I 210 think, is I think that? a racer, especially in our cars, the way they can flip violently and do right, crazy right. things. Honestly, I think I'm the perfect size just because I've been in, I've been in the hospital and I've been very fortunate. If if there's been crashes I've been in, and if I would have been a Donnie Shots yeah. or Steve Kinzer, yeah. I probably wouldn't be racing today. Yeah. Right. So, but obviously, my size has helped me. Because your size or your fitness? Well, I think my fitness is why 
you can come back. Yeah, faster. the recovery. Right. Okay. Yeah. I really think your recovery, and that's one thing I learned. I was I was really big in pit fit for, for yeah. quite a few years. Mm -hmm. Jim Leo did a lot for me. Uh, the one year I got hurt really bad at Eldora, they told me I was done for a year. Jim Leo had me back racing in 30 races. Right. My first Jeez. race back, I won. And then I, I won like two in a row, and I won at Eldora, which they were like, dude, you're not going to race for a year. And yeah. I'm like, right. racing. So right, right. a lot of that is fitness, just right. recovery. You just recover faster. So, so we've established that the car can weigh literally a thousand. Well, oh, at one point, definitely, weighs, definitely these cars. Yeah. If if you wanted to, and and they let us open it up, we could have thousand pound race. Thousand pound race cars with nine hundred horsepower. With nine hundred horsepower, that's yes. the big thing you got to mention yes. there. Your race car can do a wheelie. Oh, it could flip over backwards, really. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. Did, if we did, think you about know, that you could for really, a second. That is ridiculous. Right. If you wanted to, you could do. Uh, I think after the race the other night at Hopstot, you saw uh, David Gravel did a, you know, just big wheelie you know, down. Yeah. This yeah. is awesome. Just one. You know, it was a crazy night, right. too. Yeah. He wins. He does a wheelie down the front stretch. I mean, really, if he doesn't have a rear bumper, that thing could just keep back over. Now, when wow. you ran your own team, how much time were you doing on CFD? <laughs> CFD. CFD. <laughs> <laughs> that must be sports car terminology. Uh, it's more it's like computer simulated arrow yeah, and all no. that. I'm being funny. Um, None. The point, okay. the point being is that you guys are racing like some of these badass, like probably the baddest ass power to weight ratio race car on the planet, maybe next to drag racers. Right. And you're turning. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're doing it out of like, you know, smaller shops without yeah. computer technology. Oh, that's yeah. like None showing you that. how to, yeah, it's None just like that. grassroots what still, but true, at that true, level. True, true grassroots. Yeah. What, are there any R&Ds that are certainly like seven posts and things like that? Are those things oh, starting yeah. to make their way uh, in? You know, luckily I was a part of KKR for seven years. We did all that. Let's we back that up for those who don't know. K Casey Kane Racing. Casey Kane. Yeah, again, right. remember our, yes. fo our listeners are primarily. Would not have a clue. Yeah. KKR. And, but they'll know Casey Kane. Yes. You know. And, and yeah. Casey was one of the first kind of NASCAR guys that kind of put back into sport by starting his own teams. Tony Stewart was. Right. Yeah. I mean, Tony Stewart probably is, you know, set the groundwork for, hey, let's go back and try and give back to the teams right. how we got to where we're at. Right. Uh, Tony Stewart probably did it before anybody, and then other guys have kind of yeah. followed. So and now there's it, would, it would be nice to see more guys do it because, mm -hmm. obviously, Somebody um, come from they have the money to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, but it's also time. Right. You yeah. know, they, they, they have to give up their time to, to make it be successful. Right, yeah. A lot of guys – they don't have a lot of time, so yeah. the time they do have, they cherish it. They don't want right. to mess with it. If you want to have a race team and do like these guys are doing, you got to give up some time to do that. Well, there's always going to be, even if you're not turning a wrench, there's management, there's phone calls. Exactly. There's always, right. some there's always something behind so, the scenes yeah. that they need you for. Right. So, And, I mean, right now, Kane is there. You, you drove for Stenhouse for a little while. Kyle Larson was in there. Justin Marks, obviously, our buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a wave of these guys that seem to be yes. involved. So. Okay, so to kind of... We've, we've established that it's a thousand pound to twelve hundred pound car, roughly, which is still the lightest thing ever, and it makes nine hundred horsepower. Can do wheelies. It doesn't have a gearbox. It's it direct drive, gearbox, right? You guys don't have drive. a starter motor, so no. a four wheeler or a truck pushes you guys off to get you going for the yes. session. Um, first time I watched a World of Outlaws race with Charlotte, probably four or five years ago, and uh, I didn't understand like the slide job kind of aspect of it mm -hmm. so like a guy would go barreling into a corner low come right up in front of somebody cause him to lift and i'm like why doesn't that guy just drop a gear <laughs> and go you know i literally yeah. did this with my hand like why doesn't he just paddle down one shift and i was told that no 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 there is no gear like so well, you got to keep a, the run I coming off a lot off of things too that as a driver which you would figure it out there's no grip yeah so yeah. so like when you slide a guy and let's say you want to turn down and throttle down yeah well where's your grip you know just because you right. throttle down and you pick up a gear, you're just going to spin your wheels. Right. So it's, 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 you know, it's a catch-22. I mean, yeah, I mean, you would like to be able to do that, and there's guys that are good at it that can turn down and drive through the slick and right, stuff. Right. But 
a lot of it's traction. Yeah. Finding that traction, finding the grip, taking the air off the car, moving cars around, you know, and and learning how to move cars that way. So Yeah, because you guys will literally, throughout an entire run, change your line depending on where the grip is. You know, luckily I'm one of the old school guys where my dad was a – my dad was a dirt track guy, yeah. and he made it to the Indy 500. And, you know, that all that transition, how pavement racing is and all that, right. that was the one cool thing that I always remember all the old-time t- guys talking about is dirt track racing. Yeah. And dirt track racing, it changes so much. Like, you may start a run, and you're on the bottom, bottom, bottom. Then a guy will run the top. But it could come back to the bottom, through the middle, back to the top. And it's, it's just literally crazy because the dirt the is transition. moving around so much exactly. that it kicks the to the side. Exactly. The dirt changes. Now. Yeah. Um, and you're using where, the dirt. where we're racing in the country, the dirt is so different. Oh, From yeah, California sure. to the Midwest to the yeah. East Coast. And that's one thing that I think the World of Outlaws are really good at is adapting. They adapt really well. Uh, we only got three or four hot laps going to qualifying heat rate. You know what I mean? It's not like you have a whole day of practice. Right. You know, and you learn it, which pavement racing, you need that because it's it's more of chassis, getting your car right, mm-hmm. doing everything right, where this is, you just adapt. It yeah. just happens and it's Quick. fast. So I think that's the cool part. And that's why I think you see a lot of these guys making it to the big leagues because they're used to adapting mm-hmm. and you can't make a perfect car for a whole run. Right. So let's say your car is going to be off the first part of your run and it'll come to you. Well, you got to figure out how to adapt through that first part of your run. Right. And I'm sure that's it's that way in any form. Well, uh, we had Clausen on a couple of years ago, and uh, now he was USAC more than World of Outlaws, mm-hmm. and, and so it is a different category. But um, the thing that blew us away when we were talking to Brian was, you know, he was that was when he was starting his 200-race tour. And World of Outlaws, as I understand it, is 80 races, more or less. I mean, there was honestly, I think uh, when I started, it was a it was an eighty to hundred race schedule. Right. And then when the Ted Johnson, you know, and the World Racing Group kind of took over, it went to probably fifty, sixty. Right. But now we're, they're heading back that direction. Yeah. Right. Which that's a catch twenty two too. Right. I mean, it just costs more money every time you put the door down. It costs money. So really, I wish they would run less races but pay more. Yeah. Right. Well, it, but in sports cars, so Ryan basically runs in two pro sports car mm-hmm. series and. Uh, one has a 12 race schedule. The other has a like a eight weekend, 16 race kind of schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so all in, you might hit 30 races in one right. year. Right. But to your, to, to your point, these events. are three, four day shows right. yeah, versus right. you're showing up that afternoon running that night. Right. So it's a one day show. Probably on the course of days that you have to commit to the race car, mm-hmm. yeah. we're the same. Okay. Yeah. But right. the problem is, is we do so much travel. Right. Within racetrack. Yeah, because you guys go every day almost right. when you're on it. I mean, yeah, we might have the same day away from our family mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's so much travel in between. Right. And that's we, that's the worst part is the travel. We well, just sure. charter a plane, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I think the reason why you see Donnie Schatz being so successful yeah. in our sport is it? I mean, he's hugely talented, yeah, great team, but he doesn't live the life like most guys do. I mean, he's flying in and out of the races. Interesting. So, uh, so you think that preserves him a little bit? I, I mean, it has to. Yeah. I mean, it honestly it's has less to. Time less time I'm say is, like, since so many of the World of Outlaws races are Midwest-based, how much are you actually flying? Donnie Schatz flies to every single Right, but race. how much are you? Wow. Like, when you were I full-time. Fly, I, I only fly. When I was full-time, right. um, I would fly to just the West Coast. Right. Okay. So you're literally, so it's it's Eldora tonight, and then you're going to drive I'm out driving. to Kokomo yeah. the next driving. day. Right. And, yeah. well, that, and, drive, and Clausen drive. told us the same kind of thing, you yeah. know, and he was towing his, like, merchandise rig. I did the same you know thing for our team. Yeah. So we, when we do this show normally, uh, well, until this year, we've always waited till the end of 
our racing season to stop and then we do like a 30-day trip all around the country mm-hmm. and we like last year we do like 12 or thirteen thousand miles or something it was six weeks straight yeah, yeah. just like and drive yeah, drive drive, drive. Miles. and we by the end of that trip are dead just useless <laughs> and that's yeah. at the end of the season so yeah. that sounds like kind of what you guys do on a regular basis yep. to get from event to event because even when i reached out to you i was like hey where are you going to be next week and you're like depends on the day i'm not even sure where right. or what town i'm going to be in because you guys are all over the right. place like how many dirt tracks are there that you can think of just a rough number that you would race at with the kind of racing you do in this country uh well the thing is is i think there's a lot of racetracks good racetracks we don't race right right um but we're talking hundreds of tracks there's so many dirt track races out there dirt tracks right that that could could put a world of outlaw Late model race hand, or yeah. a sprint car. It's just right. promoting, sure, sure, getting but, the people there. But the but, potential <clears throat> is. But people, I don't think, realize how much short track racing is out there. Yeah. There yeah. is a lot yeah. out there. And there's a lot of great venues that we don't go to and we should. And uh, you just hope in time they find that. Right. And we put on a good show and they want us back. Right. Right. So, 1,000 to 1,200-pound car with 900 horsepower. What's the current yeah. rule, by the way? On weight, 1,250? 1,250. 1,250. Okay. Um, Give me the give me the rundown because I didn't realize that for for one thing that like blew my mind for a sprint car race I went to was like you guys don't count yellow flag laps no. towards towards the race and I believe that means if you get a if you have a problem they can fix it real quick you just come out and start last again yes so it's like you're still in the hunt even if you have like a small damage if you can get it back out I, there I, one of the coolest things for me was uh, Dodge City Kansas when I drove for uh, Casey Kane we uh, we were leading the race and uh, started to rain. So they red flagged it. Cars come in, mm-hmm. um, and it rained so much. But they were like, "Hey, we're getting the show in." <clears throat> so I think I don't know, ten laps in or whatever. It's a thirty, forty lap race. So they let all the cars go back out to just run the track in, and we're going to and then start racing. Make it a racetrack. Um, yeah. So luckily, we were in that first group of ten cars that hot lapped or twelve. So we hot lapped. Our motor blew up. <laughs> so our motor blows Thank up, you. and. Uh, we come in. They blow the. They blow up. They blow a horn before we have to go, and it gives us like eight minutes. Right. So as soon as we come in, they blow the horn. We changed motors, got out on the racetrack, in less than eight minutes, and still won the race. Dude, like dude. you could never, you could never do that. And that's the crazy right. part with our cars. Right. Is just yeah, you're right. If there's an issue, you yeah. could do whatever you yeah. want. If you can get it done in that time frame, you yeah. can do it. When so, when we have red flags, that's it. Yeah, like you can't, you can't, you can't touch, touch the car or anything. Yeah, yeah. We, so we went to Eldora last weekend. Well, Literally. our red flags too. I mean, oh, okay. not all of them are open. Okay. They, the, the, but if it's a caution, a, a wild, oh, yeah, there's a yellow right. flag. Right. If you're in the yeah. caution or whatever, or you cause it, yes, you can do whatever you want. If you can huh. get it done in that time frame, you can get back out. Yeah. Have you ever been an eighth and just said, all right, I'm going to wreck? <laughs> I need to get this thing fixed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, honestly, no. Okay. I ha- and I think with our racing being sprint car racing yeah. and that sprint, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really. Yeah, because we that. went we went the other night to Eldora just to go watch because we're here for the week doing this stuff, and uh, it was like, hey, it's two hours away. We've always talked about going. Yeah. Let's just go. So we go down. We buy tickets. It was awesome. It was super fun. And one of the guys in the main had a problem pretty early on and goes right into the thing and they're like hustling trying to fix it while the yell is going on and it's like the crowd's cheering for it like get him back out there he yeah. didn't make it unfortunately but that's when we were talking about like oh yeah that doesn't count i think i think you're allowed to just come back out right and get in the race yep um i'm sure we're gonna hear about this from pure sports car road racing fans um but to me that keeps the show exciting yeah. because you can continue to fight you right. know you're still in the race and i'd rather see well, especially that especially if you're a points racer yeah if you're racing for points yeah they give you that option if, you, yeah. if your team's qualified and prepared and you can get back up i think there's been times probably throughout the season guys have won championships mm-hmm. just because being prepared for certain situations right, like right, that. right right 
so you say points racer. I assume a lot of these guys are just there for the night because they're in town or they're local to that race. The majority probably as a whole aren't points racers. Right. Um, but they're, I mean, but the elite group of guys that travel sure. to all the world of all our races, right. they're, I mean, they're racing for points. So when we were there Saturday, which was the big race, it mm -hmm. was the big World of Outlaws show, the the feature had... Well, there's know. 24 cars that make the show. Right. Uh, you're allowed so many provisionals throughout the year. Okay. Um, but I think the World of Outlaws right now, are have, they have like 18 full-time guys okay. well, you know, yeah. you know, trying to qualify for every single race. That's, How many don't, like I know it changes race to race. How many don't make the A main? Oh, I mean, like uh, like the other night at Hopstad, I think yeah. there was 40-some cars. There's 20, I mean. Wow. 20 so cars a lot of people show. go home. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's a lot of times. I mean, y if you pull in and you don't have your stuff together for hot laps and qualifying, you're really loading up and you're going yeah. home. Yeah. So, so uh, a basic, let's say like Eldor the other night, we got there a little late because we were at the Indy race. Um, you have your practice session, which is like hot lapping basically. Yeah. So it's I just mean, like real quick, like green, that's white, it. checkered. Wow. Okay. Wow. So And you're going stupid fast. And it's dirt. And so you have <laughs> to you have to communicate with your crew chief. Oh, and do you everything. guys have a radio? We have a one-way radio. Oh, okay. Only from the World of Outlaw officials to us. Oh, so you can't we talk can't to We can't communicate yeah. with anybody Interesting. else. Interesting. Yeah. So give me the rundown on, okay, so we have the green-white checker basically for, for, for testing practice. Right. And then you have a qualifying run, which is yep. two laps. Two laps. And then you go into heat races. That seats you. Yeah. So, and that's another thing. Well, now the Outlaws are heads up, but... It used to be, like when I started, it used to be, say you were fast time, you'd start sixth. Like, okay. you never got, which is weird because in your former racing, yeah, if you're, you're fast, up you're yeah. up front. Yeah, so right. This is, this is probably the second year that qualifying puts you to the front. Okay. But your performance, like say you qualified bad and you start sixth, but you run second, every car you pass moves you up. Okay. Which, okay. that is a plus. Interesting. We, we didn't so, have that before. So you may get started back, but by qualifying well, you're still guaranteed in the feature? No. Oh, there's no guarantee. Yeah, is there so any like advantage? So like, say, say your fast time, right. you got in the first heat and you blow a tire. Yeah, yeah. You got to run the B main. If you make it out of the B main, the best you can start is 21st. Right. If you don't make it, you're out of the show. Right. Doesn't matter if you're a quick yeah. time or not. And then how many mains is or the ABCs is dependent on how many cars. How are many there? cars are there? Okay, okay. cool. Uh, like Hopstot, we had a C, yeah. yeah, a B, and an A. Right. And basically, the number of advancements is proportional to yes. however many you're saying. Okay. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you guys don't do pit stops or fuel or anything like that. So, no. you, what's the average? Like, like Eldor the other night, I think it was like a 40 lap main? Uh, yes. Was, no, yeah. 30, 30, 30, 30 lap yeah, feature. 30, yeah. yeah. Is that the average kind of number? Or? 30 to 40. Okay. The that bigger races easy. that pay the most money are 40 to 50. Okay. When do you do driver changes? <laughs> no, never, never do that. Right. Is there, a drive, is there a drive time limit? You're only allowed to race like 30? No. Yeah. Like a CDL truck driver? No. That's a great way of putting it. We're going to get into it. Later, when we decide to depress you, we're going to talk about driver rankings. think racing really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the radio thing, if we can, if we're, yeah, but there's no structure. We're just going to we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions. You're going to get tired of it. Um, <laughs> so I saw Larson go nuts on Twitter, uh, and he showed this photo of this guy with like weird, like by a fence, look like a crewman, mm -hmm. with like this weird flagging mechanism, which I assume was some sort of signaling about high line versus low line. I'm guessing I had right. no clue, and he was freaking out about it because he felt like it was screwing up the purity of figuring it out so I t so one question which you already answered is is has is no radio communication part of the heritage um in i the would sense that you've got i to would say to drive for yourself. i would totally disagree with that because yeah. i can remember when i was six seven years old going yeah. to the Hoosier 100 watching my dad and um 
they used to have boards like the old school any car yeah. you're writing on mile you know this is going on trying to communicate to the driver with a board so they've been doing that, that long board, before this so that, if kyle larson's complaining about a guy putting his hands up right right well, I, mean, I, I can remember them doing. I'm not it. even asked about the complaint. I don't actually know what what are the, what are you communicating. So, is well, it I think track position or is it lines? I don't know at the time, but sure. I mean, I would say a lot of times. I mean, you see guys telling guys, "Hey, I'm yeah. out front," or doing the go to the top, go to the bottom, whatever. And that's what I'm saying. But so, like I, the guy I with do the think board, that the the guys that are really really good, don't need you it. don't need to tell yeah. them. Yeah. They they're moving around, they're adjusting, they're learning. They they know they're watching other cars, yeah. right? And I think he's probably just saying. You know, I don't need somebody to tell me I need to go to the top. I need right. to go to the bottom. Right, right. That's the thing. So, like, it's the more guy of a sarcastic, I think, <laughs> remark right. to somebody doing that. But so the guy with the board isn't necessarily your P six three seconds down. It's try the low line, try the high line. Could be. Okay. Yeah. Could be. I just know uh, back in the old days. I mean, they've been doing that for years. Right. Yeah. I mean, they communicate some way to their drivers yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, the World of Outlaws used to have a two-way radio, and they complained about the way guys were racing other right, guys right. because it became a rearview mirror race. Sure. Right. So yeah, then yeah. it went. Okay. So then they got rid of it and went to the one-way radio, which yeah. our cars should be that way. We yeah. don't need a rearview mirror. So you're looking at how many laps do you think you're doing that night? Then like 40. Uh, I mean, say so you did 40 in the feature, you do 10 in your heat. Yeah. There's 50. Okay. Two qualifying and three hot laps. Right. And then that car gets loaded up if it's in one piece and goes to the next race the next day. They, right after the race, the guys are prepping it for okay, a car wash. Okay, that's going to ask. When do they? They prep it for the car wash, wash the car, mm -hmm. uh, wake up in the morning and maintain the motor, maintain the car, and they do that, you know, 50, 60, 70 times. Right. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of behind the scenes that go yeah. into our cars because you're racing in dirt. Yeah. So there's a Filthy. lot of preparation you mm -hmm. have to do to keep it. Right. Because well, minus a wreck, what are the prep items you're doing from race to race? I mean, motor-wise, air cleaner. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Oil, filter, setting the valves, checking the valves, um, springs. Right. Just because and since you're racing in dirt, our cars get a lot of valve train yeah. wear. Oh, sure. sure. A yeah. lot of things like that. Plus, our car, with the way we run them and how hard they run them, they yeah. a lot of the issues, and it's a pushrod motor, mm -hmm. so you get a lot of valve train issues. Yeah, sure. So that's probably our biggest thing right there with the motor end of it. And then the cars, just, since you're running in dirt, yeah. I mean, everything has to be working properly. Yeah. Clean your yeah. drive line to your – because we're old-school torsion bars, like right. an old Model right. T Ford yeah. or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, nothing's really changed right. on our cars except everything's got, got nicer. Right. It's, yeah. But the whole basics of our car is basically the same. Yeah, right. With uh, the wing, I mean, you guys make so much side force and, and, and down, like, I guess downforce through the corners. You guys are flat at a lot of these right. places. Um, is the wing at all adjustable? The only thing we can do with our wing in the, as, a, as a driver in the cockpit is move it forward and back. Interesting. And okay. That's it. Okay. And it works off the hydraulics of our steering. Okay. So... Um, basically, you got to be in the throttle to get it to move. Yeah, you know, otherwise like there's no power to it. There's no power to it. Yeah, how much does it move? Like in you probably move it a foot. Oh wow! That's okay, that's incredible. And at those that, speeds, that's that's a lot. that just goes to show you how inefficient these wings are. Okay, For as right. Big it, as it, they are. Yeah, exactly. You think you would I was two thousand horsepower. Well, I thought you were going to say like you only move it like six no. inches or something. You know, no. like not even that. And yeah. going forward and back, is that literal center of pressure like you would in any other car? It, yeah, I mean, basically, you're just trying to get drive on your rear tires. Okay. Yeah, that's super cool. How long can you run a set of tires for? Uh, I mean, there's tracks we go to. You can run. You run a set in hot laps and uh -huh. yeah. junk. Oh wow! Yeah. wow. It just burns them up. It just okay. burns them up. Yeah. Um, and then, the, then obviously the track officials and that will have to look at. 
because normally whatever tire you qualify on, it's the tire you got to run in the feature. Sure. Okay. Or, or the tire you qualify on, you got to run through your heat, your mm -hmm. dash, and then they'll let you put a new tire on. But, I mean, if the track's not there and it's tearing tires up, then obviously they got to look at changing the rules a right. little bit. Yeah, right. So you're not having tire issues throughout right. the feature. Yeah, right. You don't want guys buying well, tires they don't need to buy yeah. and right. things like that. How bad is the dirt for your data acquisition? <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> you know, there is guys. I mean, uh, for instance, it's Dave Blaney. Yeah. Okay. He'll be a guy. He'll come and he'll have it on. Oh, he actually will. Oh, yeah. With like basic allowed stuff? to race with it or just practice with it? Practice with okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But, I, I mean, there's there's guys. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I went to Charlotte when I was with Casey Kane Racing, mm -hmm. and we did a lot of that stuff. Just right. But I, I, I honestly think with our cars, though, and the way the dirt changes and yeah. what it is, that testing is actually misleading. Okay. Oh, I can see. I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. really or think it helps you as much as you think it does. L normally, I think it puts you down the wrong path. Okay. In the We're sense that you get an abundance of information and it kind of you start and looking at the wrong like things. And it kind of like spins you out from okay. well, just where you think you need to be. But plus, your conditions change so much. So much. That I you mean, can't be like, oh, exactly the same as it was earlier. Well, the thing yeah. is, the weather. I was going to say, we yeah. just get our, temperature yeah. changes on concrete. I can't imagine changes. what that does to your surfaces. Well, it changes you our surface tremendously. Yeah. Right. I don't think so. a lot of road racing fans, and I'm not trying to be belittling to their their knowledge of the sport. Maybe they know more than we realize. But I was shocked to see that you guys put down rubber oh, on yeah. dirt. Like you rubber in a dirt track yeah. to the point where it looks black all yeah. the way around. That is incredible to me. And that's how much wheel spin you guys have and grip and everything going with it. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, that's incredible. What's a yeah. set of tires cost? I'd say a right rear's 200 250 bucks. Okay. Oh, um, okay. That's not <laughs> considerably bad, but it is to an owner when you run – Say you need four tires a night for a hundred nights. Yeah, add that I up. Can add so up. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Let's well, sure. say because like first place on Saturday, which again was the big show, was like five grand or it's ten. Ten thousand yeah. to win a normal World of Outlaw race. Yeah. And is there a purse down to certain positions? It pays all the way. Oh, okay. Okay. Everybody there Everybody gets, gets paid something. something. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. That's so, great. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. What's the entry fee? None. What? No entry fee. That's new to me. I didn't know I that I did not part. know that either. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we have no entry fee. Now we have to buy a pit pass. We have to get <laughs> sure. into we the We got pits. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we bought one. But no <laughs> now, now, certain big events, like we just ran that race in Mansfield, uh -huh. paid 100000 to win. Wow. You had oh, an entry okay. fee. What was uh, that? Like when you go to the Knoxville Nationals. Okay. So an but I see but at that point, that's races, it. yes. Yeah, but, but what are we talking on entry fee? $100. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> I mean, I and it may not even be like hundred dollars, yeah. and, and, and I think a lot of times, like say Mansfield, you pay your hundred dollars, but yeah. you get free pit pass. So you really, right. it's right. not like you're. It's more like they're vetting to make so sure. So they're, yes. they're paying. But they out know that they're gonna have X amount of cars. Yeah. For a for a you know, in yeah. a venue paying that kind of money yeah. needs to have something that they can advertise. Hey, we're gonna have a hundred cars here for right. hundred thousand yeah. to win. W with that, because a lot of our industry fees pay towards the prize money that we don't. Prize money in our world is like. Um, the fan ticket, the ticket, is that what's raising the money for the prize money there? That, well, yes. I would assume it's ticket yes. sales drive up, and then that's how they can afford to pay you guys. Right. Okay. Yes. So you're literally a proper racing right. series where fans buy a ticket, that money goes to the pot, you guys win the pot. Yep. I, I'm blown away by the lack of entry fee. And then when you said you win 100 grand, I thought you were going to say it's a $1,000 entry fee or something. No. So it makes sense. No. That's like, that's, that's super that's a whole, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Let me tell you about the Daytona 24. What's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is that easy to explain or, or uh, known. What's like a one night? Like what did Eldora, just the day of Eldora, cost somebody to run? I would say if you're going to come there and compete and race with Donnie Shots, yeah. it's going to be three to $5,000 a night. A night, okay. To compete oh, at right. that level. It right. Is, obviously, okay. you can do it for less. But if you want to win that race, right. you're looking at three to $5,000 a night. Right. What's the car cost? 
without the motor because obviously the motor's going to be like 50 or 60 uh a good engine 60 yeah. a good car's 20 and that engine good for the year good for no no the good the in, say you have an engine you can run it 10 to 12 nights and then you have to freshen it up and oh, then are oops. the rebuilds done by you guys or is it no no it has to get, be sent off okay. okay and what does the rebuild cost rebuilds can cost from 10 to forty thousand dollars so okay. it's still a yeah so the motor thousand kind of year oh yeah yeah but okay. they're racing i mean really to do be legit you need five hundred thousand to a million dollars yeah and that's like what, what's donnie shots operating on you think about that number like 750 oh, million, million, million bucks yeah, yeah. done yeah. right interesting maybe so there's you know maybe seven i don't know yeah tony stewart sure. generates a lot of money yeah so yeah. um because because brian now this was usac um but brian was basically kind of living off of his prize money and kind of put it back and, and he did he was running for teams t-shirts but it yeah. sounds like there still is a delta between prize money and and the cost of pro effort so this is where oh it definitely i mean yeah. i think uh like like i said earlier i mean i was very very fortunate to be a professional race car driver for 18 years racing yeah. dirt yeah right? Right. you know what i mean and, yeah. and i mean i'm very very lucky in that because not many guys can say, hey, I'm a professional dirt track racer. Right, right. And not have to subsidize it with another job on well, the Well, I was going to say, so like as a, pro, as a pro dirt track racer for 18 years in, in World of Outlaws, um, you're paying all your bills with it. Would you call it a comfortable living? I mean, you're not making NASCAR money, obviously, but... I mean, obviously, you're not making NASCAR money, but I think uh, it, it's it's all relevant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... I mean, more money, more problems. Sure, <laughs> sure. I've been very lucky that I, uh, my dad was helped me along the way yeah, like i right. got rental properties and everything i think the sad part with our sport is you have to and being directed by a formal race car driver and our i mean i'm sure it's like any when you make your money it's very short-lived yeah so yeah. you can easily spend that money so yeah. unless you invest it and do things right at that time when yeah i mean you think it can go forever but it doesn't yeah right um so luckily i had a guy in my corner that when i was making money I was investing my money. Guy yeah. in your corner so being your dad? My father. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So, I mean, I'm very lucky in that. So, like, when I lost my job running the World of Outlaws full-time, it wasn't like it was the end of the world. I right. mean, yeah, my kid may not be able to go to Notre Dame, <laughs> but he's still going to go to college. Right. You know, right. so yeah. I'm, I'm lucky in that right. respect. But, yes, dirt track racing is hard because yeah. it's, it's, it's very short-lived. And when you do make it, you have to make sure you invest it. So, Donnie Schott, Steve Kinzer, guys like yourself, like top 10 kind of guys. How are your contract structured? Is it like salary plus winnings? The, honestly, the only time I've ever had a con well, this year I have a contract with Rudeen, but uh, Casey Kane Racing was the first time I've ever had a contract. Sure. Mm -hmm. But, okay, paperwork aside, how is usually your payment structured? Is it some sort of. I, I, I'd say the majority of the guys, the, the, the elite guys, are getting 50% of the prize money. Yeah. Okay. And then they get they get bonuses. Okay. If they win certain races, if they win X amount of races. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're and not getting any sort of baseline anything. So well, you're like when I was at Keynes, I did. Okay. But mm -hmm. I, I, there's probably not many guys that get like a base salary, but it's still you're getting your percentage on your performance. Okay. Right. So basically you get paid how well you do. The better what if you do right. good, you get paid more. You right. lose, you don't eat kind of You deal. don't eat. Right. Yep. Okay. Well, that's, so that's, that's real, why you that's got real a hustle. Real yeah. That's why you got a yeah. hustle. And uh, you see a lot of guys like you was talking Brian with his yeah. t-shirt trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Myself, there's a lot. If you don't hustle and make it when you can, you're not going to make it because yeah. they're not going to give it to you. Yeah. You've right. got to go out and get it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the tier down system? Like in my type of racing, we have like the Continental Tire Series, and then we have like SCCA Club Racing, and then Go-Karts. 
with you guys, it's I'd, uh, I'd say it's very similar to that. Okay. I mean, I think a kid in a go kart that mm-hmm. decides he wants to go dirt track racing can do that. Right. Um, he would move or to he like, could go road racing. Right. I mean, it's just that transition at the time for me growing up. I didn't want to run World of Outlaws. Oh, okay. I wanted to go any car race. Oh no way. Oh, I wanted right. to be like my dad. Yeah. You know, I wanted to run the Indy 500. And yeah. I think any racer, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what they want to do. Right. So did you grow um, up racing road racing carts around here? I did for a little bit, but not not a lot. Okay. So road racing, um, we talked to, had the same conversation with uh, Roger Hayden, um, motorcycle rider. Uh, in road racing, you know, uh, it's easy to hide behind your co-driver even if you don't have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I'm going to go on a limb and say, way f- less scary um, yeah. compared oh, yeah. to what you yeah. guys do. Yeah, what I do is not scary. What you do <laughs> what is What you do is frightening. <laughs> and uh, uh, so in my head, it's like, well, that probably helps filter out some of the, the bullshit. some of the kids that come yeah. in and then just sort of hide behind their equipment or whatever. But um, is it a growing and growing problem now? I wouldn't say problem, but Basically is it Basically, like, you mean like well, funded drivers? Yeah, the funded 28th place kid that's bitching about everything and anything under the sun. You see a lot more of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you see a lot of it. I, I mean, honestly, for me, I don't care how you get there. Sure. If you're yeah. good enough, you're you good, deserve it. If you're the good one thing that yeah. I don't like about it is the lack of respect. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you see, I think the, I think. Is that an age or an entitlement thing? I don't know what it is. Yeah, sure. I, I just I think would, growing, like for myself growing up, I would uh, guess my dad won the last race at Ascot. Yeah. Two yeah. guys died. Right. So, I mean, as a driver, you know, hey, if I don't respect the guy next to me, this could be my last race. Yeah. And I think the cars have evolved into being safer and mm-hmm. safer because of that, which all race cars have. Yeah. And our cars really have become safer. I think the respect just got thrown out the window. And then it's all about, you know, I can pay to fix this or I can pay for this. Right. I don't need this and I'm not going to get hurt. Right. So the respect issue just got thrown away. Mm-hmm. That's probably what's hurt our sport more than anything, especially being open wheel cars. Yeah. Is the lack yeah. of respect. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is just age and lack of knowledge of where the sport came too. from yeah, definitely exactly. different because yeah. the generation now is i'm gonna go play iRacing or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and if i have a bad race i just hit reset <laughs> right but trust me i've been hurt <laughs> yeah kids that when you get you can't hit reset right you no. gotta sit in the hospital and think about where your next think about oh, coming from. this yeah. this ain't fun right you know and and uh that definitely makes you realize if you really want to do it or not yeah. so um just it's just a different world so you grew up in a racing family. Yes, sir. Um, so you are the product of what was known as Little Joe Saldana. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, he, he was in a very different era from now because he was, he was a short track guy, yep. USAC guy, and then got to run the Indy 500. Yes. So, um, but he got there, and his lucky part is he got there before money. Right. right. He got right. there right before it turned into... How much money you got? Right. So right. before what the Indy 500, I mean, I don't. I'm sure you we don't know. We actually had every bump day when I was little. I remember all. That. I was like, dude, this is the coolest thing. At least guys had to race. Yeah. You yeah, know, there wasn't it. 33 cars or 32. Let's drag one out to make 33. Right. There right. There was right. 50 cars shooting for this well, race. Well, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. We're, we have, like, we're having dinner with Rick Mears tonight, and we were. I was looking at Rick like, Mears was co-rookie of the year with Larry Rice, but grew right. up racing yeah, with yeah, my dad. That's true. So I mean, right. I, I lived around all these guys. I've been very lucky. Poncho Carter, Gary Bettenhausen. Yeah. They all live right here in this area. Yeah, right. So for me growing up, I'm like right in the middle. Starstruck of, by it. Yeah. 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 So when, when I'm doing research on Rick Mears, I was looking at Wikipedia for like one of the years that he won it. And on the list of like carb day, bump day, all these things, an asterisk next to it is all the crashes. Mm-hmm. And all of them have injuries. Yeah. Every one of them is like broken leg, broken arm, double broken legs, all these things. And not that it's super safe it's still super dangerous but back then it was like if you have an off 
you're done for the month. Oh, you know what done. I mean? So bump day was like, you have to put this on the line yes. to make it in. And you're probably not in the best equipment if you're in the back like right. that. Good luck. Right. You know, like that's, that was, that's fear. That's real fear. Yeah. You know, that's not like, oh, I hope I can make it in. That's, I hope I walk out of here. Yeah. Today. You go look at these cars, uh, the cars they ran were them aluminum tubbed Eagles. I yeah. mean, like you're just asking for right. disaster. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, and I don't care if you're going 150 or 200. It doesn't really matter. When you're going that fast, it yeah. hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. So before his first Indy 500, what was your dad's uh, kind of resume like? Well, my dad was, was a true like dirt track guy. Yeah. He was came from no money, Right. built his own car, and they called them super modifieds back then. Yeah. And yeah. they ran on dirt. And, uh, and then he just won. You know, these little tracks we've been talking about all over the United States, one, one, one. And then uh, he got hooked up with a guy out of California, Roger Beck, which okay. had Indy cars. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he let my dad bring his car out to the Midwest, and they won the Knoxville Nationals in 1970. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that race now is your career. You right. know, it's the biggest thing for yeah. us. Yeah. But for my dad back in 1970, that was the it got him to USAC. Okay. And then his rookie season at USAC was 72. And then he just worked his way and got an IndyCar ride with LeaderCard. And he just, you know, just hustled. Yeah, right. And then got to the Indy 500. And then did that for a few years. And then it got to the point where, well, you know, if you want to run this car, how much money can you bring? Right. Well, my dad's not that type of guy. Yeah. You either put me in because I can drive it. Right. Or yeah. I want to go do something else. So he just quit. At so 40 years old, just bailed. Done. I'm done. Yeah. And his first Indy 500 was what year? I think he was there. His first year was 76. Right. But he got bumped. Okay. Huh. So yeah. 77 was his first yeah. year. And I think he would have – no, I know what it was. 76, his time would have made it. They waved him off. Oh. So oh. By the time, but back then, you had to get back in line. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, he yeah. could yeah. He was done. Right. Yeah. Clock yeah. horn goes off. Yep. Yep. He had a fast enough car to make the race. If they would have just took his four-lap average, he's in the show in yeah. 76. They and waved him off. For a little bit of context, in those days, if you set a time, that was it. You couldn't re-qualify that car. Nowadays, it's – who can we get? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Get a car you please here. come out. Here. But, even at, but even in those, and this is what I'm saying, it was kind of the end of this era because you know, in the '70s, these weren't roadsters anymore. They were still winged cars. And oh yeah, so it was a rear that. engine. So how much? How yep. much of a transition was that for him to go from from USAC to? You know, to he, kind of cars? he never really said how difficult it was. Yeah. I think the cars they had to drive back then were always difficult. Yeah, right. right. So it wasn't like they were driving Cadillacs. Yeah. Right. So for him to jump in an Indy car and be difficult. Right. He was used to driving difficult, yeah. right. you know, so I don't really think, I mean, you got your elite group still, your Penske, sure. you know what I mean, yeah. but, you know, he was, them guys from them days are like just that. a different breed. So the counter logic, and I'm not contending for it, I'm saying the counter logic is that, no, guys who come from high downforce winged experience are the guys that you want to run the Indy 500 because it's the closest thing. Right. So that's kind of where I was going was like, Brian was kind of the only guy of this group recently, yeah. that's yeah. recently run the 500 and he... You know, he wasn't in a position to do well in the sense that it was he. You know, he was always running a limited runtime program. Right. Teams that maybe weren't necessarily set up to win. Um, if uh, uh, yourself or Donnie Shots minus a few pounds um, <laughs> uh, went out and got and ran a Ganassi car, how do you think they would do? I think they'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. I really do. Yeah. I really think they'd adapt well and do just fine. Yeah. I think it's the opportunity. Right. Like we yeah. talked. Right. You get the opportunity, you, t you either take advantage of it or you don't. I, I think a lot of guys could jump in an Indy car and put it in the show. Right. Now, I don't know if they could compete with Scott Dixon. Well, yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. You know, yeah. There's, so. a, there's an elite group of guys. 
once you get to that point. Sure. Yeah. But to put it in the show and be competitive and have a decent day, yeah. I, I don't think any anybody that I race with, I don't think would have any problem with that. Has there been a guy that's done that in the sprint cars? Like have we that we maybe never heard of recently? Like did like a Dixon come and test a World of Outlaw car or anything? No, I, mean, no, I know yeah. Dixon loves dirt track racing because yeah. I've been to Australia quite a few times yeah. and he'd come to Parramatta and watch. Mm -hmm. uh, he's gone to Chili Bowl and watched. Yeah. Um, but I've never interested. No, yeah, I'd really like to not. see what would happen there. Yeah, you know, uh, that's something I was kind of surprised by when I started following a little bit more sprint car stuff. Is that in the winter you guys go down to Australia yeah. and go race down there? How does the Australian dirt car scene start? Is that something that's been around for forever and we well, didn't know actually, about it? Well, actually, I did it for 13 years, right? And I learned from Donnie Shots just from example. Um, what were the, you know these guys are racing? You know, it's just like anything else. I mean, if you're racing night in and night out year-round, mm -hmm. it's going to make you better. Sure. Uh, but it can burn you out. Absolutely. And uh, so it's our winter. It's their summer. Mm -hmm. So guys were going over there, and they are racing all winter long, and then they come back, and they, they're fresh. Yeah. They're ready to go. Right. So it's just something I think if you could do that as a professional, guys wanted to do it. But it's like you know, now it's got to the point where you can't make any money doing it because uh, all these kids are going now, mm -hmm. and they race for no money yeah, or they're right. paying their way. Yeah. And it used to be a way that you could subsidize, you know, make money through the time where you're not making money. Right. So, like, all that has changed. An off-season I mean, job, essentially. Right. And well, there's none of that anymore. Had you traveled internationally before you went down to Australia for the first time? No. So what was that? that I loved Like, it. just as a lifestyle. Like when I, but one of my first year going to Australia was 1996. Okay. Yeah. So there was... I was in a United row 72. There was no <laughs> entertainment center. Right. right. Uh, I think we had like five stops to get there. Um, <laughs> no, no cell phone. Not right. like today. Yeah, right. You know, right. it's just waited. 1996 was like going Game back Boy? in time to <laughs> Game Australia. Boy? Game Boy? A Game Boy. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have one, but probably uh, back then. Yeah, okay. right, right. <laughs> you get down to Australia, what's a kid from Brownsburg think of Australia when he shows up? And how uh, were they with you guys? You know, they nothing but respect. Oh, cool. cool. But nothing but respect. Yeah. Um, it's probably the best thing I ever did was going there in 1996. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're, they're two biggest races. I've been lucky enough to win them. Yeah. So I've won races there. And if I wouldn't have done that, I mean, I think that just opens a lot of, you know, it's just yeah. good to have on your resume. Yeah. Uh, myself, Donnie Schatz are really the only two that have gone down there and won, well, um, the 50,000 at Parameda mm -hmm. and the Classic. Right. I think me and him are the only two that have won that. On all their biggest races, yeah. So um, it just and 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 they really get into their sprint car racing. So I think you know th they're getting bigger and bigger into mm -hmm. sprint car racing, and it just helps you in anything. Right. You know what I mean? It just I, I realize in America we have so many other things going on: sure. basketball, football, so yep. you know all this stuff going on. So racing, it's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to promote it and get people yep. to want to come. And uh, but in Australia they don't really have that. Yeah. So I mean they got the V8 supercars. Sure. Which runs in their winter, not huh. their summer. Yeah. Oh, good point. So it's yeah. a big yeah, yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, when when it's summertime, so you're the game sprint in town. car racing is the game in Australia. Yeah, That's and awesome. it's on national TV. Everything's on TV. They and they promote the hell out of it. Right. And it's like, man, why can't we have that in America? But. Right. They so don't have anything over there. So, so that's was, why it works. It was a bigger yeah. fan base is what you're saying. Way bigger. I think so. They do everything way better. The the whole promoting, yeah. the, everything they do, I think is better. Yeah. Did you ever see your own cardboard cutout? No. Uh, yeah. Were you married? Was I married? When yeah. you were down there? Not when I first went down there. No. How was that? <laughs> Is that okay? It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Did okay? okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who has the rowdiest fans that we don't know about? Like if it was like you want to see some.
you better come to this race oh, in rowdiest? this town. Yeah, like by far Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there okay. a certain track that's like the like Williams Grove? Williams Grove. Okay, yeah, I've heard right. about that we'll track for forever. I mean, yeah. it's just. Yeah. We'll go with Mario. And, and, I, <laughs> and I think its history and heritage and all that is why it is what it is. I think it's overrated. Right. Which I'm probably going to get killed <laughs> by saying that. But I mean, there's a lot of good tracks on Pennsylvania okay. that probably don't get the recognition that they should. Right. Because Williams Grove has the history yeah sure you sure know, sure um like Susquehanna is really big right now they're doing a lot of work mm -hmm. to get the fans to start coming to that track and they're doing a great job i mean there's just a lot of tracks in pa it's just right. like we, there's tracks all over right but if you got the history behind you and you don't want to put the effort in you know like they're living off the history right exactly sometimes you gotta you gotta keep up gotta keep up yeah and uh, that's one thing i feel williams grove is not doing all right these are questions for me because uh because i just don't know and i've always wanted to know that's the show you don't see a lot of crossover between winged and non-winged guys. At least there was a time where you didn't. And I don't honestly don't understand the difference in terms of driving style. Well, I think the reason, like I said, I, I got to grow up with a, my dad raced non-wing. Yeah. You know, got to Indy. It became about how do you make money right. to be a professional race car. And nothing against non-wing guys. And yeah. I think that's why you see a lot of the non-wing guys try to come to the wing side of it because – you can actually make money about racing say, so a like, wing car. So okay. like USAC's top tier, let's call it Silver Crown. Um, is it still called Silver, Silver Crown? Cr yes, okay. but Silver Crown know. is – that's a whole nother story. Okay. I, I can okay. remember my dad winning a, the, a mile race in a Silver Crown car getting forty, fifty thousand dollars right. back mm -hmm. in the 70s. You're right. Which sure. is like 200 grand yeah, now. Right. <laughs> well, nowadays they're racing for three, four thousand dollars. Well, I was going to say, so in, so two, right. like in, in 2018, if you say, you know what, dirt racing is my commitment. I'm not going stock cars. Mm -hmm. I'm not going indie cars. Um, World of Outlaws is going to win every time just every because time. it pays. Okay. Every time. Okay. Yeah. Just because they have the money. Yeah. They have it. They have the, they have the sponsors. They have everything there to, to, to make a living. Uh, you can't you, – you watch the, the non-wing guys. They got to run a, a sprint car, a midget, and a champ car. Okay. You know, they got to yeah. run three different series. They're racing all the time, right. different cars, yeah. just to try and make what one well, guy makes make. with a wing car. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's just – it's just the way it is. The transition kind of changed there a few years ago, and it just it's always been that way. So guys like you, the wing guys, who are you know the sort of the elite level wing guys, if you went over and ran, you know, a, a midget um, non-wing car, how are you going to do? How is that transition? Well, I mean, like for me, I think it's awesome to do. Okay. I just like to be out of my element. Yeah, right. Um, a couple of years ago, I built my own midget. I yeah. just wanted to do it. I went to Decoin and I won the race. Oh, cool. Okay, so, so for yeah. me, so you can be competitive on both sides. I, th I think it's shown that. I think okay. it's shown like Rico and mm -hmm. and uh, Kyle and Christopher Bell. I mean, obviously right. they're talented drivers. Yeah, sure. But they're transitioned from car to car to car. Yeah. And uh, Brian Clawson. I yeah. mean, yeah. and guys are showing they can do it. Uh, Kevin Thomas just went down to Hobstadt. You know, he's a non-wing guy. He ran well with the wings. Um, guys can do it. Uh, the biggest non-wing race in the history of non-wing racing was won by a wing guy, Jack Hodenshield. Okay. So it's not necessarily, oh, these guys are better than this guy. If you got the talent, it's a car. What do you have to do different? Well, I don't think you got to do anything different. Okay. You just got to strap just in that thing and drive it. Go I mean, for it. really. Because yeah. like, yeah. the, the, the wing cars are known primarily you're, you know, you're driving off the right rear, but you're flat through most of it from what I observe. I, I mean, don't it's kind of know. a catch-22. Okay. I mean, you'll hear a wing guy talk or a non-wing guy. The thing is, like, a wing car is going so much faster. Right. When you do crash it, it's going to be violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, non-wing car is violent, and you race it however different, but it's the same, it's the same right. thing. Right. I mean, so, you either make the transition or you don't. Right. But one isn't more lifting or more braking or anything like that? I would have to say that 
probably a wing car car is more chassis oriented. Okay. Like there is points where you know the driver can do more, do less, but I really think in a non-wing car it's more driver, less chassis. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, there is transit, but it just depends on your surface. Like yeah. Top Stop for instance was all driver. Right. That's just you got to get in your car and hustle it. And that's yeah. a wing. And, uh, you know, if you're on a big half mile and it's smooth and slick, it's chassis. It just depends where we're at and where we're going. But I do think a lot of times um, the wing car becomes more of a driver, crew chief, getting the car dialed in, getting Mm -hmm. it right, getting you comfortable because you're going so much faster. you got to make speed. Where a non-wing car, it's more about just adapting and moving your car around and and making it go for what you got. Right. Last weekend at Eldora, how many crew guys did you have on your team? We have two. That's it. That's yeah. it. Two guys and a driver. Two guys and maybe and an owner. So it's like a mechanic and engineer. <laughs> no engineer. No engineer. And is that is it, think that's the same on like Donnie Schatz's car? He probably has four. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but that's double. Yeah. Of the, it is of double. the other guys, you know. But honestly, I think with our cars and the way it works, sometimes you can have too many people. Yeah. You'd rather have less people, high quality. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, then you're just stumbling over everybody. Oh, right. So. Obviously, you guys are running together all the time, like weekend or day in, day out. You're going to end up having disagreements with people. The type of racing you guys do, the slide jobs and, like, having to be safe and, and work together to not kill one another, <laughs> you're going to have guys that you disagree with on track and might not consider safety of anybody, including their own, as much as you do. Have you had guys that you've had to long oh, running? Yeah. yeah. Who are, like, the Joey Saldana rival guys that you're like, not this guy again? <laughs> Well, I can honestly say probably the two best guys that I think racing sprint cars would have to be Danny Lasoski mm-hmm. and Donnie Schatz. Okay. The cleanest drivers race you with nothing but respect. Yeah. And uh, and, that, and that, to me, should set precedence to all racers. Yeah. That here's your nine-time, 15, whatever champion he is, the baddest guy there is in sprint car racing. If he can race you with respect, why can't we, you know, right. kind of – learn from the best mm-hmm. and uh and i try to race people like the way they race me same. try to give them the same respect yep. uh, just because you can get hurt mm-hmm. you can get hurt once you strap a helmet on obviously you're in a race car you're gonna get you could get hurt right so respect the car then respect your competitors mm-hmm. and uh i don't know in my course of my career i've ran into everybody at some time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. i, I think say, the biggest thing is just respecting that person and knowing Hopefully it wasn't done intentional. Right. And you go from there. I mean, if I wanted a bitch, I could bitch for an hour about guys. Um, I mean, like right now, I just ran Hobstadt with uh, Kyle Larson. Yeah. To me, best driver ever. Um, next to Tony Stewart, you know, he can do anything. Yeah. Um, me and Kyle Larson are running, I think, fifth and sixth at the time. And uh, the way we do our restarts, we do double file restarts. Um, I'm starting on the inside on this restart. So now I'm starting fifth. He's starting sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, we come off the corner. I easily could use him up. Right. Um, I don't. Meaning just get right in his way oh, and yeah. make, force I mean, him to lift. In our sport, yeah. my right rear is bigger than your left rear. Uh-huh. I can move you out of my way. Uh, yeah. You know, right. type of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and not because it's Kyle Larson and, a, hey, I don't want to mess with it. No, I just respect if, the if guy. If somebody he's did that good. to you, you'd be pissed. Right. If somebody did that to well, you, you'd be what like, I was "Dude, getting at, what I was getting at is I raced him with nothing but respect. I felt right. like I gave him his yeah. line. I took my line. We raced. Yeah. Um, well, later on in that race, now the double fall restarts reversed. Yeah. Okay. I'm on the outside. 
he's on the inside. Guess who uses me up? Kyle Larson, right. right rear, in the fence. I almost flip. Luckily, he did get into me because it caused a big melee, and then we had a big pileup. Well, then, <laughs> then I got my spot back. Right. So I run fourth in the A. Yeah. But my point is, here's the best guy in the world, race car driver. Yeah. And early on in that race, I raced him with nothing but respect, yeah. thinking I would get the same respect back. Right. And I didn't get it. Yeah, right. So right. you just live and learn. Do you think that's a uh, youth versus experience no i think it's just is that just kyle larson i think kyle it's just larson. kyle larson yeah um, is there uh like earnhardt used to be this in the nascar paddock is there a sheriff a guy who kind of it out of the car sets everybody straight if they're acting out of line uh i mean i would have to say back in the day steve kinzer obviously just yeah. because of who he is and his stature so right. like i mean like you don't want to mess with steve kinzer. Say, did you do anything stupid that kinzer was kind of like hey come here yeah have you ever had the talking to oh, i'm sure i pissed him off a few times <laughs> but i'm sure he's pissed me off a few times sure. but i mean you you live and learn who you can deal with and who you can't i'm not going to walk down to steve kinzer and pick right. a fight but did he ever dress you down and then you learned and said okay i'm not you doing know that if again. anything i think uh my where i came from and yeah. how i got to where i was i think he respected that he knows your dad Copy. and all that yeah too. i mean so yeah, i think right. there's a mutual respect right right, right. um there was times when I was running the outlaw deal, Steve Kinzer helped me with motors or certain sure. situations. Mm -hmm. sure. You know, he didn't help everybody. Right. So, um, you know, obviously there was a mutual respect there. Right. Uh, how I got that respect with him, obviously, was how I was raised and how I race. Yeah. So that's all. You, that's, yeah. That's it. In uh, when you're doing 100 races a year, if you have a if you hold the grudge with every guy you tank, oh, you're, you're going to have eight hundred. Yeah. Right. What's right. the What's the usual protocol <clears throat> to bury the hatchet with a guy? Is like texting is so common now <laughs> among people. I don't think you. I mean, I'm not that guy. I'm, yeah. I'm not a big social media sure. trying to stir shit with people. No, I'm going the other way. Like, what? How do you? How if do you? If it's gone wrong, you're honestly, trying to settle I, the beef. you know, honestly, put my helmet in in my helmet dryer. Um, do my thing. Yeah. Go to so the next race. You yeah. Talk try it out to with care. I'm yeah. not going to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. And as much as we race, yeah, you're going to get somebody some night. They're going to get you. Right. You just that's what I'm saying. On. You're not right. talking it out every no. time you have a run in. You're just no. sort of like, eh, whatever, and move it on. It is what it is. Yeah. Out of the younger guys right now, who's the one that's killing it with the ladies? Killing it with the ladies. <laughs> so about to say if there's like a paddock wide, like, hey, so and so is going out. Like oh, there's, there's a, a lot of that going but is on. Is there, like, who's the guy like, ah, no, I can't do it? I would have to say the guy you're talking about right there, the crazy guy, mm -hmm. that's Jason Sides. Okay. okay. He's out so there we need to get Jason Sides, oh, what yeah. you're telling yeah. me. All right, yeah, that's our guy. Dude, I'm yeah. laid back. I go to race and I go home. Yeah. Who is the prankster of the group? Every racing team's got, or series has a guy that you're like, dude, that guy's going to steal my golf cart or tip over the porta potty or something. <laughs> I mean, Jason Sides fits that mold again. Mm -hmm. um, Paul McMahon, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I when I go there, I just go to race, do yeah. my thing, and I go home. <laughs> You're like, I, I am business. I, yeah, I am all business. I don't even want to deal with it. I'm I just, in uh, my forties. So much, <laughs> knock it off. So much BS behind the scenes. Right, right, right. I just try to focus on what I'm doing. And what is the most ridiculous trophy you can get? And and what about us? Ridiculous trophy? Well, yeah. you win the King's Royal. You actually have to put on oh, like a crown, and a robe, a and a thing, and everything. Yeah. And that's the best that's thing ever. Awesome. That's the way races should be that's better awesome. trophies yeah so let's let's put this on let's pause this for a second because if you're a road race fan we're too goddamn classy and uh <laughs> that's so the way putting it. we were we were watching wine and uh, cheese guys brats yeah tony brats. stewart called us wine uh, and cheese brats yeah, yeah. we yeah. are uh, so i was watching some youtube clips of your of your king's royal wins which is the big premier yeah, race at El big deal. yeah and you've won it twice yeah 
And so, so you win the race. Walk me through the post-race procedure. <laughs> you get to the podium. Or you the, know, it's yeah. just. I mean, honestly, you can never have enough of it. Like it's no, no. We're, we want an actual yeah, breakdown. Like, like you get out of the car, you get out of the car, and I think I think for myself though, I mean, it's you're uh, beside yourself because it's a tough race sure. for us. It's right. a forty lap race at Eldora, right? And both the races I won were pretty tough races. But uh-huh. if you look pretty up, there's eighty feet of flames <laughs> coming off the podium. So now what do they do? So you take your helmet off. A PR and guy like comes, Sean hands you a, what do you a get? Crown or the robe first? How does what's the what's yeah. how's it go? Uh, I think you get the robe first. Okay. okay, so you get a king's robe. Yeah, and it's like legitimate. Yeah, yeah. It's like legit. it's yeah. And there's like a like a some day hired actor wearing <laughs> well, like a minstrel outfit. <laughs> well, and honestly, like, they this have, isn't they made have, up. They, they have they they try to get somebody of some prestige in our sure. sport to yeah. come and represent that okay. and hand it off to the next guy to play right, like the right. Joker and the minstrel yes. that's on the oh so those are like people of note. That's yes. not just they try Bob to. the actor. <laughs> like, yeah. That was Steve Kinzer, dude. No. Yeah, Steve Kinzer <laughs> actually have done it. Yeah, really. Yeah, Jack Hewitt's done it before. I mean, there's guys. He's had to wear like the all black with the hat and the whole thing. Yeah, and they give you they give you like I think there's a scepter. Yeah, and then you get the crown. You get to keep all that. You get it well. The only thing I I got to keep my cra- my uh, your cape, my rope, cape, rope, my yeah, robe, yeah. and I got to keep my crown. Okay, nice. And yeah. so, but they give you that. That's part yep, of the trophy. Like you trophy. get to keep this. Who got Luckily, the other the stuff? Luckily, the one year that I the one year I won it, it was sponsored by Crown Royal. Nice. So nice. it was, you know, yeah, it's it's badass. Done well. It's the way, yeah. right. it's the way you wish right. every King's Royal would be. Sure. Okay. And they only did that for a couple of years, but luckily one of the years I won it was Crown Royal. So in our sport, if you win the Daytona Rolex twenty four hours, you get the Rolex Daytona watch. Yep. It's like the most coveted watch in motorsports. After I've that, seen that. Yeah. My Finn has one. Oh. Didn't they win it? Yeah. Like yeah, last they year. won this year. They right. This year. Yeah. yeah, but they normally don't give it to the crew. Uh, that oh, he's was got one. Uh, nice. The team, sometimes the team can have reproductions yeah, made right. for their yeah, crew yeah, guys. So yeah. Yeah. That that's, means that's somebody the spent team money. But that's doing badass. it. Yeah, right. It it's is. a really cool deal, yes. right? And that's kind of like if you win that race, you're not set for life, but you're probably getting a ride yeah. when you need one. Um, but then after that, it's like a trophy. You know, just like it's the same trophy for every race almost sometimes that they've clearly made like yeah. like reproductions of over and over again. Um, so if that's the the big one, you get the crown and the whole thing. I saw you won like the Iron Man mm-hmm. 100. Is that what they call it? No, Iron it's Man. 55. And then there was like a just a half <laughs> naked dude next yeah. to you, and he's well, like ripped to shreds, yeah, and he's kind of red. I won the I won the first one they ever did, and they call it the Iron Man. Okay, right. right. And for us, it's the longest race on our schedule. Yeah, so how long it's is pretty it? intense race. How long? 55, 55 laps. laps. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Keep anyway, in mind that why why they bring out <laughs> a dude, a, a dude, like a dude yeah. it's a chiseled dude who's chick. dressed the role of an iron. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. <laughs> if a girl won, give her the dude. Yeah. And if a guy won, yeah, I don't. But but like, like what what's what happens next with that guy? He's like, okay, we take a photo there, and you. I, <laughs> I got I got my thirty five pound dumbbell right. that said I won, and that's it. That's what they give you. That's what they, they give you. They give you thirty five. Okay, so these are cool trophies because we literally after the watch, it's like here's a thing. So like yeah, here's just do a you, do piece you ever of look wood. at your Iron Man and go, I hate that he's just exploited for his looks. <laughs> no, have you never said that? No, weird. Okay. I love my trophy. Okay, how mad are the women in the stands when that guy comes out? I don't think they ever used him again. Oh, it was a one-off. Was okay, a so that's why he started laughing. One and done. That's why he started yeah. laughing. I think they yeah. got <laughs> for that. Yeah. So they never used him again. <laughs> yeah. Is there another trophy that's like, okay. Like, obviously, that was a like a thing where you're like, all right, what's this about? But is there but something like. I mean, like actually, if you think about it, the trophy itself was an awesome idea. Right. It's our biggest race. Yeah. Lengthwise. It yeah. definitely takes a lot out of you. Right. And they give you a dumbbell with, you know, that engraved. That I get, for that's sure. the way it should is be. There some, having that guy there. Right. You know, but the trophy itself was. Is there like a one where you win like a like local town thing? 
You know, like if you won in Hershey, like, Pennsylvania, the like they gave the you the giant. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say like a giant like, chocolate bar or anything like that. Nothing. No. No. Yeah. Like we saw Alan Kowicki had the giant ketchup bottle. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna <laughs> say is, so like when we went to Alan Kowicki's personal trophy collection, um, there was a ton of stuff in there. Probably the second biggest trophy <laughs> of the entire room was a second place in go-karts. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, right. is there some obscure race that doesn't mean anything, but for some reason the trophy is nine feet tall? Well, honestly, yeah. yeah. I kept, I have this, I only have a few trophies in my house, and there's yeah. one trophy I got. I won at Dixie, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I've been there. and it's the tallest trophy I've ever got in my life. It's like eight foot tall. And it's like yeah. all plastic. So that's the only reason I kept yeah. it. It's yeah. to like, holy <laughs> shit, it's the biggest trophy I've ever seen. <laughs> and so really? I kept it, and it's in my house. And right. were you like third in the B? No, I won oh. the race. Oh, you won the race. No, okay, no, at least we don't get trophies for running third in the beat. Oh, right. You yeah, have yeah, to there, win. There is no podium, right? No. There's no okay. second and third no. anything. Okay. They might talk to you on the radio, but for us, it's all about winning. <laughs> That's it. Your trophy is a quick local radio yeah. spot. So this show is really about getting to know people on a personal level, kind of outside of racing. And in your case, we're learning a lot about a series we don't know a lot about. But the man that we want to know about, you know. What, should we really get political? I think we, we have to. Well, I mean, we're not really a political That's show. That's how you get to know people, though. <sighs> all right, so, fine. All right. You voted, right? Last. Yeah, I did yeah, vote. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, do you mind sharing with, like, the fans? Who did you vote for? Johnny Rock Page. Oh, man. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't win. <laughs> this is a – this well, is a ah, – never mind. With you as, like, your dad, you know, one of the you're like, yeah, I can't do it. Monday night I got baseball practice with Reagan. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you're, yeah. Like, you're living dad life. Um Let's learn about you as the dude. Like you're a TV guy, a movie guy, nothing, nothing, man. When you it's get, when, dude, you, I'm telling you, I came straight from the gym. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, what I do. so you're big into CrossFit, I read. Yeah. Yeah. Are you one of those guys that has? Well, to Well, I used to be big into Pit Fit, so maybe you guys can help me out with Jim Leo. I just can't afford the guy. Oh. This is killing oh. Me. oh. Well, he wants to be on. Yeah, we, we were actually. Took dude, him. tell him if he's on your show. Okay. He needs to let me train at his place. Okay, so we'll interview him. Tell you what. See, I used to. You can't and afford it. it. I just can't afford it. That's because all yeah. these IndyCar guys are killing it for us yeah. dirt truck guys. <laughs> okay, so if we're one in cheese, what do you call those guys? I don't know. Let me explain. I, I, can't, I mean, I respect them all because I got to work with them. And right. the guys that are good, yeah. trust me, they're badasses. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They are badasses. But, and they and they work hard, and mm-hmm. they should they should get what they get. But, I mean, you got to remember, not all drivers make the same kind of money. Yeah, I'm yeah. well aware. Yeah. So, I'm uh, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> We got podcast money. That's yeah. our running yeah. joke. We're making that podcast. Uh, um, yeah, we thought it was hilarious because we sat down with Stenhouse, Larson, and Blaney. Blaney, and we're buds with Blaney. We don't really know the other two, and then also Tony Stewart. And who was it that was it? Those three. There was one other person that tried to explain to us that we're the wealthy ones. Oh, oh Landon Castle. Castle. Yeah, yeah. And he's <laughs> like, you guys, oh, are, you guys all are all lawyers and doctors. I'm like, I'm not a lawyer yeah. or doctor. Like, and your like, team owner owns like 12 Burger Kings. What are we talking about? <laughs> Seriously, so, I'm like, yeah. so the kid that made a million dollars last year is telling me that we're the wealthy ones. So right. I was like, I think you got it backwards here, dude. <laughs> yeah. Every sports car team shop, for the most part, is like not a like you built your own car. Yeah, we buy it. You go to the Hendrick shop or Ganassi or probably yeah. a, like Casey Kane Racing for the for the World of Outlaws. You guys are building your own cars from a pile of metal yeah. and creating that. You guys are basically factory teams that right. are building your own stuff. And primarily our form of racing is buy a turnkey thing, run it. Right. And so to me, that, that and I'm not belittling what we do, but like that's really impressive because we don't have the necessary means to do that. And also it's, it's not been done that way for probably 20 years now. 
Yeah, well, actually, I was going to go the other way. As the economy changes, kit car racing in any series becomes a thing. Is it starting to go that way with you guys? Oh, it is for us. I mean, mean, even though, like, you said, like, Canes or whatever, Mm -hmm. or even, like, TSR with Tony Stewart, I mean, they have people that build the stuff for them. Right. I mean, it's not all done in house, mm-hmm. but right. it's built for them specifically. Right. For is, what is everybody they do. buying? They're starting to buy their stuff from the same place, and it's like, yes is there and a parts no. Parts truck running around. At the there track? is parts trucks. Like I mean, there's yeah. so many other little teams. Yeah. That yeah, there is. You can make money at that. Right. But yeah. the elite teams do it all. They, they do, have it done. They in-house. do make their own stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's not the case in our sport. And we have different rules about like homologation. Like you're only allowed to run this part, mm-hmm. and it has to be bought from that. But honestly, person. that in a way that's good. Kind of controls. You'd think so, but it still gets starts creeping oh, up. I'm sure it it or it's like, who can't buy a car because they right. don't want them yeah. to? Like a certain manufacturer specifically that I could name literally has outpriced. Well, oh no, it'd have to cost three times what the other cars cost because that's right. what we put in the brand. It's like, right. the, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because yeah, <laughs> the, the downside to homologation, like you, you like it because like, oh, everybody's got the same stuff and it's competitive. However, now it's a monopoly. Right. right. And so now they yeah. can charge whatever they want because what are you going to do? Right. It almost sounds more like NASCAR in the sense that like the top guys build their own stuff and that's what makes them good. And some of the other guys. I, so, like, if I'm if I'm starting my own World of Outlaws team, I accept that I'm not going to be a top dog early on. Can I buy old stuff from? Oh, yeah. Okay, you right. can buy and a whole team from TSR. I was going to say, right, like, yeah, I can go to Tony Stewart's shop or Casey Kane's shop mm-hmm. and say, I'll just use that car that you yeah. just ran out. And is that a common common? A lot, yeah, a lot okay. of teams do that. So not yeah. too different from NASCAR in that right. sense. Then, yeah. Okay. And honestly, you could go out and run just as well or better with used equipment mm-hmm. as yeah. brand new. And that's the beauty of dirt racing yes. is that you can overdrive you can, it to some extent. Yes. Yeah. Because right. it's, it's, I mean, just because you have it, you still got to get the power to the racetrack. Right. So, I mean, a lot of it just could be the driver to the crew chief. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the equipment is. Right. As long as you so, can get it to the track. So, the, the good versus the bad teams, obviously being able to refresh and whatnot is one thing, but... You know, the guy with the strongest motor, is he going to be the guy that stands out or the guy, the, like the engineer, or the tuner driver relationship? Like, what's the, <laughs> I what's think, the I think biggest? in our sport, the, the best team is the team that's been together the longest. And the crew chief and the, and the and driver have been together for so yeah. long. It's just they, they know each the other language. so well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're up against. You yeah. can't buy that. Yeah. Um, you know, you can buy Donnie's motor, car, whatever you want. But the thing is, is you can't buy Donnie and you can't buy Ricky Warner. That's yeah. the two guys yeah, that make right. it successful. Yeah. And, our, and I would assume one couldn't work without the other. Maybe. Or, Do you know, yeah. uh, the funny thing is, is in my career, I got to work with Ricky Warner. Okay. And uh, unbelievable talent. Yeah. He did a lot for us. Um, I don't know why, but in 2007, he was my crew chief at KKR, and okay. we fired him. Oh. oh, why wow. would we fire okay. him? I don't know. Sure. Right. Goes sure. right back to Donnie Shots and dominates. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. where could my career be if we right. didn't keep Ricky right. Warner? Right. You know, because the right. guy, uh, actually, when he was with us, we won our very first night out. We were leading the points. We won like two or three races in a row, and we got rid of him. But it was yeah. more of a personal problem. Sure. You know, yeah. and that's the way it is in a lot of teams. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. not really about anything. If people aren't working cohesively, right. it just don't work. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So we do a pass-along question for every guest and last night we had dinner with terry trammell mm-hmm. familiar with terry oh yeah okay right here yeah oh you oh. got this you got the scars to prove it huh? wait you look like roger hayden yeah, yeah. what is that that was uh eldora 2011 okay what'd you do uh that was when jim leo basically put me back together what okay. happened in the crash um had a car come through the cockpit. <laughs> oh, what? <yeah. laughs> a car. As yeah. it does. Right. Yeah. He said it like it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, 
Did you put your arm up to deflect? <laughs> no. Like, I mean, like, no, just it was through. not just good. Part of the deal? Yeah. Yeah, was it So a lifeline to, to Indy yeah. and uh, Ortho Indy and them put me back together. It was like uh, three plates and 50 some screws. Yeah, How do you, do you remember it? Yeah. Did you, oh. you didn't go Did out? Did knock or me out. Um, How painful. So, what was the oh, actual. That's bad. Like this, a, this knocked me out for 30 races. This is the right. one they said I'd be done for right. a good year. Was that a compound fracture? Oh, deal? it was bad. Blood everywhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Not good. Is that the worst thing that's ever happened? The worst because yeah. there's like this was this wasn't even my problem. My problem was I shattered six ribs. Oh God! Off my spine, which punctured my lung. So they were more worried about me yeah. choking to death than right. really my arm. Right. Yeah. So they were just trying to, you know, stabilize me, get me so they could fly me to Indy, yeah. and then uh, and then luckily my suit held it all together. It was an eight-hour surgery and like four of it was just picking all the bones and putting it uh, back together. Right, because that's what Trammell does. Yep. He kind of reassembles. Yep. Do you think it's worse when you can remember it? Uh, Well, you definitely appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Right, sure. Um, but right. yeah, I mean, I remember everything. I was yeah. in the hospital for a week. and How long did it take from the moment of impact until you were on the helicopter? Eldora was, is pretty one of our most sophisticated racetracks, yeah. so luckily that was the track. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get hurt, yeah. that was the track you want to get hurt at. So I was very lucky to get hurt there right? because um, you know, they have the proper safety equipment, which mm -hmm. a lot of these tracks we race at do not. Sure, yeah. So When um, we were there the other night, we got there, and the helicopter was landing. Mm -hmm. like, right when we got there, and we were concerned, like, oh, I hope it wasn't taken off earlier. No, I, that track, can it can bite you. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's just preventive maintenance, yeah. which is good that they actually – think of that ahead of time right. um but yeah i've been on the helicopter twice there what so. was the other one for uh i just got in an accident severe concussion right. um trauma table the whole deal yeah you know just making sure i, I didn't kill myself Jeez. um no trammel i also shattered my hand fused a wrist bone in my wrist mm -hmm. race like the next week <laughs> trammel fixed that yeah so but that's one cool thing here in indy yeah we have great ortho surgeons. Yep. yep. Um, Who know the injuries. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they can fix you. Like, if, probably if I was somewhere in the Midwest, I probably would not have had my arm. Right. You know? Yeah, that was so, luckily, they put it back together. Yeah. That's kind of the thing that we, we – when we had dinner with Terry last night, and people might not listen to that episode just for a reason, he, when he puts someone back together, it's with the thought of, like, you got to eat. Yeah. And this is how you make your living. Yep. So, we got to get you back out there. It's yeah. not like, oh, well, we'll see. It's like, hey, I'm trying to make it so you can do this again. Right. Yeah. No, this is this this right here was definitely, it was, you know, like if I'm at Stanford mm -hmm. or I'm at Indy, you know, it's going to, one of them two places, anywhere else in between, I really don't know if they could have fixed it properly. Right. Like, I probably would have issues and that I couldn't race. So. Does that, I mean, do you think about that when you go to like the. No, podunk, podunk not anymore. Town? Not no, anymore. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It is what it is. You're just a wheelman. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, so you probably don't know Roger Hayden. You maybe know the name. The, oh, the I know biker. the name yeah. for sure. Well, we sit down with him, and he's got he's wearing a T-shirt, and he's got marks like that on both arms. Yeah. And so finally we're like, hey, is that like a you know, crash or something? He's like, no, 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 no. The muscles in our forearms get so big from everything we're doing. And he doesn't lift weights. Yeah. And he's like, they get so big from what we're doing in your hands, you kind of lose the use of them. So we all have to have our muscles cut down and, I, and everything uh, to be able to. I had that since I have all my my uh, metal in there. Yeah, I got hit by a rock in Las Vegas. Okay, and it it ruptured inside, hemorrhaged. No shit. So they call it compartment syndrome, and they were afraid I was going to lose my hand. So they actually have to cut it to release. Yeah, because I have no because deflection with the in my arm. swelling, it yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Jesus. So same. That's just from getting hit by a rock. That's getting hit by a rock. My my forearm was bigger than my thigh. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Christ. compartment syndrome. 
Do you, yeah. I mean, post-race, do you look at your helmet for impacts or things no. like that? Like, I mean, no. just, just to see if there's rock damage? Because that seems no. like... So basically you get hit by a rock it. and just the, deal with it. the plates don't expand with the rest right. of the tissue and so right. everything kind of swells up. And yep. It hemorrhages Never inside that, yeah. and then it bleeds from the inside out. Right. What happens if your cool suit box doesn't stay cold throughout we the run? We don't have that. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Too busy <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting shot by rocks. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, so we do a pass-along question. We... <laughs> <laughs> we had dinner with Terry Trammell last night, and his question for you was, why did it take you so long to learn to wear a Hans device in your Ooh. car? Get, get, yeah. His he place. Was, he was loaded. Well, he was – uh, that yeah. was – I got lifelined out of Eldora, and uh, had, that's I had my severe concussion. And from that moment forward, I wore a Hans. Yeah. Um, it's just our style of racing. It's kind of like – Old school. Is it not mandatory? It's not mandatory. Currently. Yeah. Currently, it's not mandatory. Wow. Wow. And it really became more of a liability at KCK and Racing. Okay. They mandated it. Sure. Even though yeah. our series did not that, they're yeah. like, hey, yeah, we need you racing. Mm -hmm. uh, so do guys not run to. it out of some illusion of bravado, or is it too restrictive of movement because of the way you got to move? It is restrictive, and you yeah. got to get – I think that's why the younger guys, it's yeah. just put it on them and go. Yeah, but, yes. I mean, like Steve Kinzer, never. Yeah, These never. guys, no. Yeah. Well, because, like, so NASCAR, like we were talking about spotters earlier, NASCAR, a lot of times they run spotters because they simply can't well, they see right. much Poor around where they're at. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like how – with the halos and everything out, like you guys have to have so much – motion in your head to be able to look ahead you definitely have um, to have good peripheral vision yeah. right because our racing's all right it's so here. compact mm -hmm. yeah. and you're sideways so you can't look forward yes um so that with with halo systems and hans devices how much is that getting in the way of your ability to see around you well now i just you just deal with it i deal with it yeah, yeah. i mean i've had to yeah. i didn't have a choice yeah my body can't handle it i had yeah. to wear one right i mean if i get hurt again i could be done right so right. and you got there's a lot of things at home you got to right. respond but trammel is exactly right i mean it's it's uh i know when i go to australia it's you you can't race in australia without it it's oh, yeah. mandated Down there they are. now yeah. i don't understand why the world of outlaws national you know worldwide whatever yeah. you know we're the only form of racing that's not mandatory yeah, and you guys when you have Rex, stupidest they're, thing ever big yes yeah. Now, it's recommended, but it's not <laughs> mandatory. So that's the one thing that I would say that I'll definitely need to look at sure. is mandating that. I think that's be pretty agreed upon. Yes. Yeah. So tonight we're going to have dinner with uh, this local – no, he's not local, but, you know, he's made a name for himself in this town, Rick Mears. Rick Mears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you probably heard of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, well, not – you know, more of a fan than anything sure, else. Sure, yeah, no, we yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you could ever ask Rick Mears anything ever – think of a question we'll happily ask him tonight man that is crazy yeah we're like because I mean, oh he's like he's legend. a legend legend yeah uh, the guy we got before mario andretti was pretty freaked out when he had to come up with a question <laughs> who was it brian till oh right yeah, he yeah, said, yeah what well then brian then we had mario andretti and the next day we had a guy named parker kligerman who's an NASCAR yeah. guy but mario doesn't know him yeah so we're like hey we gotta you gotta ask parker kligerman a question he's like mm, ask him if he likes dogs <laughs> <laughs> like mario <laughs> okay I mean, I would have to say for myself, just, I mean, how cool was it running the Indy 500 being yeah. co-rookie of the year with Larry Rice? I mean, for me, yeah, Larry Rice was so perfect you know, for my you. dad's yeah. not nemesis, but they grew but up together, kind of raced together, and then you get Rick Mears come in, and yeah. here's a Larry Rice competing at a high level, and he's co-rookie of the year with Rick Mears. I mean, like, 
Rick Mears to me is yeah. the ultimate. Right. Um, it's pretty high up for plus us. Plus, when too. he retired, he kind of retired like my dad. Dude, he just He's bailed. Like, done. I'm done. done. Yeah. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the balls right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else I need to prove. I'm out of here. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Done it. So, done it. That's yeah. Awesome. That's just, perfect. Yeah, that's a good question. Speaking of your dad, you were only three or four when he didn't make the show. Yeah. Do you remember that at all? I'm curious, like, from a family perspective, when dad doesn't make the race, what is that? Because, like, people today don't understand bump day. Well, I mean, yeah. like for my dad, I yeah. mean, I don't think people realize like that's their that's their livelihood. Yeah. I mean, if he makes the Indy 500 as a family, we're set. Yeah. Because for, of the payout, just or set you can for ride a that year, now, right? Now. And then you get to go again. I mean, set from the payout standpoint, or just you can ride that that. Well, I mean, it's just piece. back then. I mean, you make a show. You made the show in 1975 or six at yeah. 200 grand. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. I mean, okay. Yeah. Think of what that would be to. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. Um, I just. You know, I, I would say that probably more so for my dad, yeah. you know, just just where he could be if he could just make the race, you know, right. financially. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then not giving up on his dream and coming back out and making it the next year. Yeah. So th that in itself to me would just, that's the hard part, right. you know, just right. for him mentally keeping himself focused on what he wanted sure. to do. Yeah. And he's got three kids and a wife and trying to make it. Yeah. Right. You know, it's yeah. just tough. Yeah. Dale Quinn comes calling tomorrow. Are you going to do it? Hell yeah. Okay. That's what I figure. The problem with Dale Coyne, when he calls me, he's going to ask me how much money I yeah, got. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, and that's the problem. Is so, I, on that note, so your your son really likes baseball. My Well, two, 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 I mean, they like baseball, right, but yeah. I think they really like racing, too. Oh, they, oh, that was my question. It's like when he started taking up baseball and not, <laughs> not quarter midgets, were you like, thank fuck. God. Yeah, no. Actually, we had a quarter midget and just weren't really into it. We got outlaw carts now, and it seems yeah, like all the kids today are coming from outlaw carts. An outlaw well, cart is looks yeah. like a like a world of outlaws, but well, it's a go kart, right? Yes. Yeah. But the cool part with an outlaw cart is they got they're like our cars. They got so much power, yeah. and they don't weigh anything. That as a driver, you're always trying to figure out how to get grip. Yeah. Get going forward. I read that you went back to that. Like, didn't you go I, and do some races? Well, I did some more for to help the tracks and promote the series ah, and try okay. and get the right. get them going for mm -hmm. the younger generation. Sure. So I went and did some of the early races when they're trying to get Millbridge going and stuff like that, yeah. and uh, you know, just trying to get it popular, get people involved, mm -hmm. and it's definitely it's taken off. Right. right. Uh, but so both my kids got them. Yeah, a buddy of mine that works on the Panos team. He's like a 52-year-old English guy that bought one because he's like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. Oh, they're and then last time I talked to him, I was like, hey, how's that thing going? He's like, nah, I flipped it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, like my son, my oldest son's 14. He's got a KTM 250. Right. And they have no weight rule. I mean, it's a stupid power. Yeah. And it's yeah. and that's what's going to help him if he's going to go to the next level mm -hmm. is it's learning it. how to get that power to the racetrack because right. that's the way our car is. So it's are. a 250 on a small little dirt oval. Yep. Yeah. On what? how heavy is the chassis? I mean, it looks like oh, they can't be 200 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a shifter cart. Dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but my point is like shifter carts, you break and downshift to go through yeah. tight. Right. Yeah, I got a tag that I run out of Dismore oh, nice. just oh, cool. for working yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean almost died out there once. Newcastle? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's my place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I mean, it's not similar, but very similar. Yeah. When What did your dad do outside of racing early days? Like, did he have a job? While yeah. He was what was it? He was a bricklayer. Oh, okay. That's, That's the close. closest we've got. That's close. Yeah. Have you ever seen the ESPN movie 3? Documentary. No. Okay. No? About Dale Earnhardt in his early days? Mm -mm. Okay. It's really well made. Yeah. What about, like, so was he still doing brick stuff when you started racing, or mm -hmm. was he? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. So was he He one was of a mason by trade. Oh, like a real one. Yeah. yeah. 
Him and his dad. His dad before him. Right. And then I think that was my dad's like, dude, I got to find a way out of this. You know? Right. I'm going to be a mason for the rest of my life. I'll drive a race car, you know. So, so, he so did racing. he ever verbatim say, what was your mother's name? My mom's? Wait, what's your mom's name? Susie. Did he ever go, Susie, I ain't laying no more bricks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously he did tell her that eventually because, right. hell, he didn't do it anymore right. and he went to the Indy 500. So, yeah. <laughs> when when you were starting out with your racing, if you weren't doing well, was he like, you don't want to go back to laying bricks, son? No. I think his biggest thing was – been there done that so okay. his thing was just don't give up on it okay. and he was but he was not easy right. by any so, means right. my dad was probably tough as nails um but i think it was you don't want to ever have to do what i had to do yeah you know yeah, yeah. that's so that's what we yeah. get your ass in here and work on this car and you know make right. it happen right because you don't want to have to get a real job yeah don't okay. go back to the mill so you have no idea who we are uh before you walked in but to an audience like ours that, that maybe isn't as as uh, savvy on, on the dirt track scene, is there sort of a legacy you'd want to leave behind? or a kind of Honestly, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like 20 years from now, somebody hears the name Joey Saldana. What would no, you want them you to know, think about it? You know, here? really, I, I'm so old school. I'm like, I just kind of like let it happen. I mean, uh, think what you it want. is what it is. Yeah. If they look into it and say, hey, this dude, he did good. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I mean, am I going to get on social media and say I did this or I did that? No, you know, it speaks for itself. What I'm hearing, either it happens or it doesn't. We don't have to worry about the dinner with sprint car drivers or, or dirt drivers. Yeah, dinner, dinner with outlaws. Dinner with outlaws. Oh, yeah, we, we like just took that. that. Yeah, yeah that's can't have it. You can't have it. We don't have to worry about the dinner with outlaws. Joey's had on a podcast. No, coming up. Okay, we're going to no. be all right. Yeah, yeah, no. all right. Awesome. No. Dude, I'm as laid back as they get. I was shocked you even wanted me to get on here. Oh, like, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had yeah, people yeah. request you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, right. you're, you're a well Maybe that's why guy. I don't say much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I so to get me something. to talk. Right. All right. Well, Cottonelle's got the check. I'm finished. Joseph Saldana at Tequila Sunrise. Yeah, that place is cool. Yeah, totally was. Nice, folks. All right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you to Acura and Continental Tire. Continental Tire. Be sure to uh, let them know how much you appreciate the effort here at Continental Tire. And uh, we're going to play out of here with another song. Ooh, ooh, this one, this one. Play this one. It's going to be Station. You can find them at stationband.com, available on Bandcamp. Here's a rockin' song. <laughs> rocking song of theirs called more than the moon oh wait no the album's called more than the moon the song is called cost of the sand by station does anyone remember uh the character station in bill and ted 2 because literally that's what i think of when i hear this name for some reason in any case rock on